0: this station its management or other advertisers this is alternative talk eleven fifty a.m kknw seattle and kwjz 98.9 fm digital hd3 seattle
1: cnn radio i'm rick vincent oj simpson spent the day in a las vegas courtroom cnn's jim roop reports the preliminary hearing is to determine if he should be tried for armed robbery and kidnapping Bruce Fromong was the first witness before Judge Joe Bonaventure. He testified that on September 13th, O.J. Simpson was among several men who burst into a Las Vegas hotel room and at gunpoint stole sports memorabilia items. Simpson maintains the items were stolen from him and he was merely trying to get them back. To try and establish that, defense attorney Greg Grasso cross examines Fromong, who's a big eBay seller.
0: It isn't a fact that the reason you didn't have this on eBay was because it was stolen and you Absolutely. had to sell it out of a motel room. Absolutely not.
1: This hearing is expected to last at least through tomorrow. Jim rope CNN Las Vegas. Another black eye for former New York Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick. CNN's Mary Snow reports on his indictment for tax evasion.
2: A federal grand jury has voted to indict former New York City Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick. We have put in several calls to Bernard
3: Carrick's attorney. We've been unable to uh, reach him, but I did speak with him earlier this
4: week. He said that if were brought, he planned to fight them and he said he was confident that he would win.
1: With the backing of Mayor Rudy Giuliani, President Bush nominated Carrick to be Secretary of Homeland Security in 2004, but Carrick withdrew his name over allegations that he employed a nanny with a questionable immigration status. Congressional Democrats pushing another bill to start pulling troops out of Iraq. Critics say it's a waste of time because it'll be vetoed if passed and is just an attempt to appease the Democratic base. Senator Nancy Pelosi doesn't agree.
5: I don't reject the idea that the base is dissatisfied, but they have been all along, and I respect that.
1: That's Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The bill would provide $50 billion for combat operations on the condition that the president begin withdrawing troops. Stocks in down today, nearly 30. News. This is CNN Radio.
4: Looking for a great holiday gift idea? How about a CD from Marie Manucherry? Marie currently has four CDs available. The seven primary chakras. Balance your human energy system. On this CD, Marie shares her clairvoyant side of the chakra system, what the chakras look like, their emotional component, and the anatomical areas of the human body they govern. Embrace your intuition. This CD is a teaching tool intended to help you learn how to access valuable intuitive information for you and your life so that you can live the fullest, happiest possible life. Over the years, Marie has developed techniques so that she too could access this type of information when working with her clients. She has taught these techniques in classes and now they're available for you to learn with ease and in the convenience of your own home. An evening with Marie Manucherry and friends. Once per month, Marie's two-hour class creates a space where like-minded people can gather to learn and share with one another in the expansion of consciousness. Her classes are recorded live and consist of individual readings as well as audience questions and contain a wealth of information. Two CDs are currently available for your enjoyment. Get to know your human energy system. Marie explains the power of energy medicine to maintain health and wellness emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Connecting to the positive field of intuition, there is an unlimited supply of whatever you want in life just waiting for you to tap into it. Through her ability to see, hear, and move energy, Marie will share the deeper awareness necessary to connect to all there is so that you may live in abundant joy, love, health, and wealth. To order any of these CDs, visit Marie's website at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. This is Tom with your Cairo 7 Pinpoint forecast for Thursday. Tonight some cloudy skies and then some rain likely overnight with lows in the mid to upper 40s for Friday rain in the morning and then some cloudy skies with a chance of some
0: more showers in the afternoon with highs in the 50s. Views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW Seattle and KWJZ 98.9 FM Digital HD3 Seattle.
3: Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. Good evening, everyone. And I'm so glad you're here listening to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. It's a lovely Thursday evening. In fact, it's been absolutely gorgeous today. I went for a long walk before um, I got in the car to come to the show. It's really warm outside. So if you have an opportunity, if you haven't been out in the last couple of days, because it's been freezing cold outside, um, tonight would be a great time to go, of course, after the show. Um, So tonight we have um, Donna Kaye and Mary Beth Stevens, authors of The Complete Diabetes Lifestyle, here in the studio with us. And so we get to hear all about this brand new book that just went, it just was published just like in the last few days, is that correct? Right. (laughs) That's right. Um, So we have Donna Kay, who actually, um, the book was inspired by you based on your own type 2 diabetes. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And then somehow you got together with Mary Beth and then the two of you helped write this book together. Is that correct? That's right.
5: Donna and I used to work together. Ah. We were just talking about it a little bit earlier today. We figured out that we've known each other for about seven years. We met uh, in 2000. We worked together at a high tech company. And uh, we've just stayed in touch through a mutual friend. And then she had this experience and uh, asked me to help her with with talking about it, explaining it.
3: Wonderful. And um, Donna, I I really enjoyed reading the book. You know, I got to read the manuscript before it came out in this beautiful gorgeous um, book. You know, the cover, of course, was on the manuscript as well. I love it. I, Mary Beth was saying that you helped design the cover, and it's beautiful.
2: Thank you so much. We're really proud of what we've created and and think that it will be both a fun and interesting read for folks who are uh, wanting to learn about the subject matter. Yes.
3: Yeah, it is really interesting because I was, um, of course, thrilled with your candor about your own situation, about how you thought you were doing so good, even lost a few pounds, and, you know, you were eating maybe, a little irresponsibly and working really, really hard. And yet you thought, wow, I'm losing all this weight. I'm doing great. And then lo and behold, uh, I'm assuming you went in for a checkup um, and you were told that you weren't as healthy as you thought you were.
2: Yes. One of the symptoms of type 2 diabetes is rapid weight loss. And I didn't know that at the time. So uh, to say eating a little irresponsibly is putting it very kindly. <laughs> I know, Thank you. In the book, I it did say, that. you know, yes. you're out
3: after work having you know, right. beer with the buddies, you know, you used to live in
2: Seattle. Li- to, I lived and worked in Seattle for 13 years. Wow. And at the time, I was um, just having a fun time and traveling a lot for work and eating everywhere and not getting a lot of exercise. But certainly the couple months before I was diagnosed, the rapid weight loss was something I had never experienced before as someone who had always, you know, battled weight problems and things like that. So when I was eating candy bars and high-carb meals every night and losing about 15 pounds a month, I thought at first I had found the holy grail (laughs) of diet plans. But my mother had taught me when it seems too good to be true, it usually is. So the alarm bells were ringing in my head and I went in to see my doctor and he did some blood tests and came right back with the fact that, you know, you have type 2 diabetes. And it really caught me off guard because I do not have any family history of diabetes. And I had always thought Mm -hmm. of that as something where the predominant risk for being diagnosed was family history and, and that's not, not the case yeah, no not, not the, the case, case at all, all. so right. uh, and thus started my learning. <laughs>
3: Right. And, and then, if, you know, you called your friend Mary Beth when you were writing this book and asked for her help. And you stole her away from my office, actually. Say did that you know Was that me
2: who did that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mary
3: Beth um, used to be my assistant. And then, of course, she got so busy with the book and her own life and things moving forward that she had to quit working for me. <laughs> um, but, of course, she's thrilled and happy to be able to do the things that she loves, like to write and, and help get health information out into the public realm. Is that right,
5: Mary Beth? That is my passion. I, I really like taking what I call doctor speak uh-huh. and and putting it into people speak uh-huh. and working on this project with Donna was so fulfilling for me because there are so many wonderful books out there about type 2 diabetes and they're just chock full of information but to my knowledge and I think to Donna's knowledge as well as we were starting this project there was There was a, a, a gap there wasn 't a patient to patient story, mm-hmm. so what we did was we wove donna 's personal experience and her motivation and her her learnings in with medical information from uh, a lot of expert sources. We have physicians and certified diabetes educators who 've contributed to the book so we 've created what we think is a unique blend. And a unique voice that really brings home the struggle and yet the joy the joy yeah, yeah. because Donna has said, well, blossomed right since
3: really since this whole thing happened to you i mean it 's changed your entire life,
2: not just physically but mentally and spiritually yeah. as well. It has really been a great learning experience and um, and yes, just learning how to do new things, having to change old behaviors into new behaviors. And while I wouldn't wish diabetes on anyone, for me, it has brought a lot of positive things into my life uh, as I have learned to manage it day in and day out. And and having a positive attitude and, and having good energy is very essential to, to good, tight management of your diabetes and therefore mm-hmm. staving off any, um, any of the possible complications that can result when... When folks don't do a great job right. of managing their blood sugar levels and controlling their diabetes. Because there
3: are a lot of potential serious health concerns that can occur from high blood pressure, you know, to problems with our kidneys and... All kinds of situations having sores that don 't heal and certainly you know. kidneys
2: and nervous system, but but especially in what a lot of people overlook is uh, the number one health problem that usually is related to diabetes is heart disease, right. so keeping blood pressure and cholesterol under control along with your diabetes management is really critical. Um, because a lot of times people don't um, don't die from diabetes. It's the complications that resulted from the diabetes absolutely. and heart disease being the number one.
3: Right, absolutely. And you know what I think is also interesting about um, diabetes today is because when I look at a lot of our youth, we have a lot of obese children in the United States, and so they're at risk for type 2 diabetes in their adulthood. And so how can we educate About healthy eating and exercise and prevention and not to mention the fact that even when people are suffering from hypoglycemia you know people who tend to run their blood sugars low they're also at risk for potentially type 2 diabetes down the line.
2: Yes. um, You know, I have two stepboys about nine and 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Not about exactly nine and 10 years old. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that my husband and I talk about and and the boy's mom, all the three of us together is modeling good behavior. We are all big believers that kids will do what you do more strongly than what you say. So we are constantly... Out, you know, riding bicycles, going to the park, going on picnics, and talking about things like portion control when we're when we're having dinner conversation to real and trying to model that good behavior so they will follow that and then hopefully not develop these types of illnesses uh, that we didn't know about when we were growing up and didn't have that behavior necessarily modeled. For us. Right.
3: And um, I'm going to give out the phone number because we love to have callers here on the Marie Manucherry Show. And so, Tom, could you give out the phone number first, please?
4: Oh, certainly. If you'd like to call tonight and you have a question for Marie or her guest, give us a call at one 825 8828 One more time, that number, 877-825-8828.
3: And I noticed we have a caller on the line right now. So why don't we go ahead and take that caller's call and see what we can do with her question.
4: We do. We have Linda on the line.
3: Hi.
5: My question is this, is that my brother-in-law has had diabetes for the past five years, and what are the chances that my husband and daughter might have it in their future? I mean, I'm getting good
2: tips from you guys about modeling good behavior. That's
5: one, <laughs> one big thing, but I just um, didn't know, um, you know if, if, what you thought about that.
2: Um, I I could not predict whether they were going to get it, but I can tell you some risk factors for their developing it. Uh Uh, One risk factor for diabetes is being overweight Uh and carrying excess weight. Another risk factor is smoking. Mm-hmm. and um and a third risk factor and a very strong is 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 it in your genes is there a hereditary risk so it sounds like so is there a direct hereditary link and that's very um you know very can be foretelling it's not a guarantee that you'll develop but it could be
5: okay okay so uh, oh, linda um i just want to uh, ask you again so it's your it's, it's your my, husband's bro- my husband's brother so okay. when he was about 50 um, he he now has um, type two diabetes. Well, I'm going to answer this just by answering, uh, telling you a little bit about my family situation. Um, my father has been diagnosed with type two diabetes, and his brother later developed it. Um, now, I, I there is a strong family link when it comes to. Um, the possibility of developing diabetes. Uh But that doesn't, just because there is that hereditary link, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Now, one of the benefits that I got out of working on this book with Donna is I got to learn all about how to help prevent uh, developing diabetes, hopefully later in my life, because with my dad having it, my uncle having it, that means that I'm probably have a little bit stronger chance. So right now, what I'm doing in my life is I'm eating better, I'm exercising, I've lost weight, and it. it so I'm making some lifestyle choices right now. So I don't know if that answers. I, I don't know your family situation, but if I just think that the the healthier choices that we can make and keeping a positive attitude, I think that is just going to be go a long way in in helping you live a uh, more healthy lifestyle. Yeah,
6: no, that's very helpful. And it's also, just, it's, it's a good sales pitch for, oh, I better hurry up and get that book and have it out <laughs> there on the dining room yeah, table. it's a
3: great book. You're really going to enjoy it. I, Donna's very candid about her life story. And uh-huh. and of course, as she says, I, I've eloquently described some of her eating habits. Um, she, it was a big wake up call to her. And again, of course, whenever we have an illness in our body or disease, as I like to refer to it, it can be a blessing in our lives. There's something we're, we're needing to learn about ourselves. And so when disease shows up, it's it's in our best interest to make it as a beautiful healing tool rather than something that's terrible or horrific that's affected our life regardless of whatever the disease is. Okay. Well thank you so much, Linda, for calling in.
5: Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah.
3: And if you want to call in today, the phone number that we have today, toll free, is one eight seven seven eight two five eight eight. Two, eight. Um In my family, Donna, um, we don't have any diagnosed diabetics in our family, but we do have historically from my, all my siblings, my parents, my cousins, um, I'm not sure about my aunts and uncles, but we have a high incidence of hypoglycemia in our family. And so one of the things I've had to teach my children is to make sure that they eat you know, healthy portions of protein and eat good amount of vegetables and not eat a lot of sugar. And, um, and of course, avoid things like alcohol and And things of that nature just to help us maintain a healthy blood sugar in our body for longer periods of time.
2: Sure and for anybody who may not know hypoglycemia is basically when your blood sugar falls levels that are a little too low for your system to maintain and uh, another great tip on just you know keeping your body as evened out as possible and avoiding spikes and dips is eating you know five or six smaller meals a day Mm -hmm. as opposed to six or excuse me three larger meals a day so you know eating a little bit at a time two to 300 calories every three or four hours tends to really level things out instead of a person experiencing, and especially a person with diabetes, experiencing large spikes and dips. Which is really hard
3: because it can make your diabetes, if you are diabetic, brittle, you know, makes it more difficult to manage and then at higher risk for other health issues Mm -hmm. to incur over time. Yes. And one of the things we do in our family too is we just um, don't buy a lot of sugar. You know, I don't keep popping the house. If if there is ice cream, we try to buy soy ice cream and buy one container at a time and not have a whole lot of um, delicious sugary things because I actually happen to love them, but I just know they're not so great for my body.
2: Yes. Yes. Mary Beth was sharing with me earlier tonight an interesting theory that she had read about where when you have about three bites of something, your your body has absorbed the maximum amount of flavor that it can, and anything after three bites is really you're you're feeding your body, but you're not necessarily enjoying the taste. Wow, I
3: like that. So when
2: it comes to earlier tonight, um, I had a little bit of green tea ice cream, and after the third bite, and I and I ate it slowly and savored it, and after third bu- the third bite, I put down the spoon and and let the waitress take the rest away, and, and that's enough. Oh, you know,
3: that's a good one. You didn't. So tell Tell me I find tips for me. like
2: that are, are really helpful because you know in your eating habits with diabetes there's nothing necessarily that's off limits. Right. It is learning how to keep good portion control and how it's okay to just have a little bit mm-hmm. to not necessarily have you know the three or four scoops of ice cream in that particular case. I'm still working on that with chocolate. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. And you failed to tell me that secret when you used to work for me.
5: <laughs> I just learned about it. Okay, so. all right. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Learning to apply it. Okay.
3: And what I also found interesting, Donna, in the book is when you decided to add insulin. To your diabetes regiment. And so when did that take place and what was the deciding factor?
2: The deciding factor for me in insulin, well, it was a decision made jointly between myself and my healthcare team. Mm-hmm. And I had somewhat good control at the time, and this was about nine months ago that I started insulin, um, but wanted even tighter control. And the doctor that I work with and, and respect very highly uh, really is an advocate of the tightest control possible. And with diabetes, when you're on prescription medication, The medications are in different categories, and and these categories of meds do different things for you. So I was having trouble with keeping a low fasting blood sugar, which is your first blood sugar measurement of the day, and we added something called long-acting insulin. So I take a small injection before I go to bed at night, and it works with my body overnight while I'm sleeping to give me a better measurement of blood sugar and control the blood sugar in the morning. So it works for me, but I've also learned there's a lot of stigma, a negative stigma about insulin. People sometimes feel that they have failed at their management plan if they have to go on insulin. And even some healthcare professionals out there feel like they're resistant to prescribe insulin because they feel like it may be a signal that you're failing in your diet and exercise program. And in my belief, insulin is one of many therapeutic approaches, and you need to do what's best to control your diabetes. In my personal case, we tried it, and it works very well. That's wonderful. So, so don't be close-minded when it comes to things like insulin, because if it works really well, it's a tool for you to use, right. not something to be feared or embarrassed by.
3: And so with that, we're going to take a break. And if you want to call us and ask Donna or Murray Beth or myself a question, any intuitive question is welcome, of course. You can reach us at 877-825-8828. We'll be right back.
4: excited to announce a new class lineup for next year. In addition to her weekend Reiki workshop, which she will teach twice next year in the Seattle area, and once in Oregon, she is adding a new workshop entitled, Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life. This workshop will get to the core of an individual's belief system in order to provoke positive, lasting changes in their lives. Marie's one-day workshops will include her annual automatic writing class, backed by popular demand. New to the schedule for next year includes a class that will take an in-depth look to understanding illnesses facing children. As more and more of our children are faced with increasing illnesses and challenges, we as members of their families and society need to gain a better understanding as to what is behind these illnesses from a spiritual and energetic basis. Another exciting new class is entitled The Energy Medicine Experience. Join Marie in learning how to expand on the experience of energy medicine. Marie will also continue her traditional monthly evening classes, covering a host of interesting topics, new and old, as well as expanding her teachings to outside Washington State. Stay tuned for upcoming dates and further details. Looking for a great holiday gift idea? Make gift giving easier with a gift certificate. Giving the gift that enlightens and inspires is as easy as giving a Marie ManuCherry gift certificate. Your gift certificate is presented in an attractive carrier with your personalized message and a copy of Marie's brochure and a current class product listing. Gift certificates will arrive via first class mail and can be used towards any service Marie offers. To purchase gift certificates, visit Marie's website at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671
0: bringing you fresh perspectives every day. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM.
3: Welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. And remember, you can call tonight at 877-825-8828 and ask our guests about diabetes or any other question that happens to be on your mind. Um, it, one of the things well, I found... And make sure yeah. that they know,
4: too, that it's toll-free.
3: And it's toll free. Give us a call
4: free. Thanks, Tom. Long distance charges do not apply
3: from anywhere in the country.
4: Anywhere in the country, Isn't give that us a exciting? call. That is very good. <laughs> yeah. So that I know that there's somebody out there right now mm-hmm. in New York. Oh. that's listening.
3: Oh, and maybe has they a question about diabetes. I think they should call. I mean, it's a bit <laughs> late for
4: them over there. I mean, it's like 10, but that's yeah, not too late. They
3: could be staying up, getting ready for the news, and maybe they're just a little bored and yeah. want to call in. Give us yeah. a call. one
4: 825 8828
3: Thanks, Tom. Um, so one of the things I noticed in my own practice, it, you know, one of the lovely things about being a nurse before I was what I consider a woo-woo lady um, <laughs> is that I got to do a lot of comparison analysis of all the patients that I saw in hospitals prior to working with clients in my private practice and so of course I knew a lot of people and experienced patients with diabetes both um, types of diabetes type 1 and type 2 and I noticed kind of a consistency in terms of personality type and I don't know if this is true for you or not Donna but I noticed there was a little bit of stubbornness in the individuals that I treated um, um, as a as a nurse is, is that something that you can relate to in, in your own personality
2: type uh, I think you'd get a different answer from me than if you asked my husband. But, uh, <laughs> i think I think there are certainly some topics uh, where I would be stubborn and stick to my guns mm-hmm. absolutely. and um and there are others where, where whatever you decide is fine so it kind of, i'm a very big believer in choosing your battles and uh so if that translates into stubbornness then then i guess i could be found guilty yes
3: and one of the things i think about whenever you're dealing with a, a dis-ease in the body is learning to be flexible
2: absolutely Learning to
3: be open to new choices finding new and that's what you've done is found
2: new ways to cope with um, the dis-ease in your body Finding new ways to cope, um, again, really revving up my exercise program and making changes to my eating habits. But also, and, and I think it's just as important and it's missing from a lot of literature today, I'm a big proponent of surrounding yourself with really positive, supportive people. And for example, if you work in a real negative environment... Um, you've got to look at that and look at the toll that stress takes on you, whether it's diabetes or, or other health concerns or just stress in general. And do you need to change your situation into one where you are surrounded by a more positive environment? Because I I think the consensus is anyway
3: that stress is what eventually breaks down the body's immune system. You know, whether it is from a work environment or difficult situations at home or um, one of the things I notice when I come here to work or to the radio station on Thursdays, there's a lot of traffic and I'm just blessed to walk down my stairs and and actually because I work from home. But there's a lot of people that are sitting in bumper bumper to traffic for at least an hour, you know in the morning and in the evening. So that's a stress factor in
2: itself. That's a stress factor. And, and part of it is the stress factor, but we all are going to encounter stressful things that we don't have control over. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a fender bender in front of us and hopefully it wasn't us. But, um, you know, part of it is also, how am I going to react to this stress? And am I going to allow it to, you know, turn me into having a bad mood for the rest of the day and take it out on the kids and the kids will take it out on the dogs and start a negative chain of energy? Or do I want to say, you know what? Things happen, and I choose how I react to them, and I'm not going to let this singular event define how I'm going to manage my life and, and, and affect how my how my outlook is on life. And also, of course, when negative things happen or stressful events, what can I learn from them, and how can I change that situation the next time so it, so it's a more positive experience? And so is
3: that what you've noticed in your own life in terms of what – did you notice that you were more stressed? before the diagnosis? I was
2: definitely more stressed before the diagnosis, and and I do handle it differently now. And there's a lot of things I cared a lot about before the diagnosis that, that don't bother me at all now, like Wonderful. traffic jams. That's a great example. Um, and really just recognizing when things happen, how much control do I have over this? Very because little. if it's very little, then yeah. you just have to let it happen, right. define your reaction and and go on about your life. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's really stressful, maybe you need to be the one to physically remove yourself from that situation and find a better one for yourself. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big believer in taking action. So you recognize the change, recognize the circumstances around you, and if you're not happy with it, then make a change and be responsible for your own happiness and your own improved stress levels in order to, you know, positively affect your health and your life, and therefore the ones around you?
3: Well, energetically, the diabetes is connected to the solar plexus, which is the third chakra in the physical body. And the third chakra governs the pancreas, which is, of course, the organ that is in charge of releasing insulin into the body that can carry sugar into ourselves. And it also is responsible for the liver and the um, the gallbladder um, has everything to do with the endocrine system, so it's all about the autoimmune system and the emotional component to the solar plexus or the third chakra is self-love. And so, one of the things I look at when anyone comes to me with disease in the solar plexus or anything to do with autoimmune disorders is how much are they loving themselves? Are they enjoying their company? Are they happy with who they are? Um, are they proud of who they are? Do they feel that they're a wonderful, amazing person? Um, so. Would you say that you've made maybe some changes spiritually as well about what you feel about yourself?
2: I know that um, that I'm more comfortable in my own skin, and I think that comes from a lot of places. One is just plain getting older and having more experience uh, with life in general, but also the diabetes diagnosis for me really put things in perspective. And and that happens a lot of times with a with kind of a scary healthcare diagnosis is that you figure out really quick what's really important to you. And I, you know, for me personally, one of the things I never particularly enjoyed was working in a corporate office in a cubicle in corporate. America. And one of my first changes was to, you know, rearrange my career in such a way where I wasn't dependent on a corporate America job anymore. And Mm -hmm. that has, um, you know, and that has helped a lot. So really, again, figuring out what your priorities are, figuring out what you thought was a priority that maybe you can live without, but keeping yourself strong, positive and healthy, uh, especially if you're a parent or a caregiver of others, you need to make sure you're strong so you can be strong for those around you. Mm -hmm. So put yourself first when it's appropriate.
3: Well, I think one of the great things about this book, too, would, would be to help educate our young. You know, So parents buying this book for the holidays or buying it for their young teenagers, um, reading it together as a family, because diet is a huge part of prevention when it comes to um, healing ourselves or keeping ourselves healthy and keeping um, type 2 diabetes away from our life experience, because it is challenging at, at the same time, and if we can find ways to not have Consistent challenges in our being, that would be wonderful. So, what are some of the dietary things, uh, Mary Beth, that that you have learned about um, from writing this book with um, Donna Kay?
5: I think probably it's not so much dietary as it is lifestyle. I really got the fact that exercise is good. (laughs) (laughs) And as as a young woman, I spent a lot of time in dance studios. Dance is, is my first love, but as we get older and establish our careers, some of these things just go away, and we start working and sitting in offices and spending time in traffic, and I can't tell you how many gyms I have belonged to, and I never could quite get the gym routine <laughs> down, and right. I felt guilty, and I just not going to the gym... Well, I finally figured out, and it was about a year ago when, when uh, um, my husband and I were on vacation. I got up at about 6 o'clock in the morning uh, in this wonderful city where we were, and I just started walking and enjoying the morning. And I was up so early, I, the coffee shop wasn't even open <laughs> yet. <laughs> and I finally figured out, I really like to walk. That's my form of exercise. And... We live not very far from Green Lake, which is a wonderful place in Seattle. It's about a 2.8-mile loop around the lake. So uh, during the warm, uh, when the when it's uh, light out in the morning, I get out there and I walk five days a week uh, going around the lake. And now that the weather has changed a little bit and it's a little bit darker, I have a different route that I go. I walk uh, not around Green Lake, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, up along the main street. So I'm out there walking. And I've also learned to um, eat fewer carbs when I eat bread. I love bread. And I've learned tips about how do I still have a taste of bread? Well, I'll just eat a hamburger, but I'll eat only half of the bun. And I learned that from Donna. In fact, (laughs) we had some hamburgers today and I watched her do it and I copied her. Well, so. you, you know what my favorite thing
3: is. I love hamburgers wrapped in lettuce. So I'm I'm a big do not eat carb person, mostly because of the hypoglycemia that I've experienced throughout my life, and I know how quickly my blood sugar can drop. And so I really I rarely eat bread, and if I do eat bread, I eat rice bread, which is much lower in carbs and a lot easier to digest from than wheat products. And when I'm out having a hamburger. I have it wrapped in lettuce, and um, that seems to work for me. And I love the walking thing. Um, You know, I recently had been hoping to move a little bit closer um, to a downtown area. You know, I live in Kirkland. And then one of my girlfriends and started doing a lot of walking, and we found out, wow, we can do a 10-mile walk and be really close to downtown in no time. So we actually walk from our homes or very close to our homes down to the downtown area. And it's a much longer loop, but it's much healthier for us if I were living as close to the city as I originally wanted. So those are all really good things. So um, one of the things that I am concerned about when I look at the, our youth, I'm really concerned about over the next decade. You know, we have children who don't exercise very much, who are obese, And who are sitting far too much in front of television and video games and and all of these things and eating a lot more fast food because we're a very fast, quick society. Um, And and so what are some of the suggestions um, that you have um, had or research in the book or whatnot about how we can help our our youth in maintaining healthy um, blood sugars?
2: I think the first and most important thing we can do is be the example Uh, to not just tell our youth that, you know, you need to not eat at McDonald's every day, but really to, to live the life that you would want for your children in terms of getting regular exercise surrounding yourself with positive people, um, making healthy choices, watching your portion size. And if you model that behavior for your kids and nieces and nephews included, um, that's going to stick with them a lot more strongly over the long term than, um, you know, kind of the do as I say, not as right. I do type of mentality, which which some people, you know, take.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things too is I, I hope that our educational system will just be a little bit wiser in terms of the type of food that we're serving our children in school and the machines that happen line the hallways with pop and candy bars that are so easily accessed and quick food for them that may be mistaken as a lunch meal when it's really not a healthy replacement for lunch.
2: I think another great thing and is also, and, and this can happen at the school level and it can certainly happen in the home, but, to, but to let the kids be involved in the choices. Mm-hmm. So if you sit down with your family and talk about, you know, we need to kind of stay within these guidelines for me to, you know, keep my diabetes in good check and just for overall healthy living and then lay out some good choices and then let the kids participate in the decision you know, in the decision-making process. If you're the type of family that likes to plan out dinner a week in advance and then do the grocery shopping all at once, have them help you write it down, plan it out. How would we get through the store and how will we make this? If the kids are old enough, let them help cook and uh, and and teach them and, and use these teaching moments because these lessons will stick for the long term when the kids are involved in the decision-making and, and they can get involved, you know, very early on if you let them. So so be encouraging of them and let let them ask questions and, and show them good choices and, and let them follow your lead on that. And
3: one of my favorite things to do is, my children are older now, so I have teenagers and two in college, is letting them go shopping on their own and watching their food choices when mm-hmm. they come home. And, and I'm really surprised by how well they do um, eat, when I'm not there necessarily monitoring the cart, you know, that they're out there going, okay, we need this to keep us healthy and we need this to last for the next week and, and all of those good things. I've noticed that we've got a caller on the line. Um, so who do we have, Tom?
4: We do. We have Carol on the line.
3: Carol. Hi, Carol. What can we do for you?
6: Hi, is this Marie? It is. Hi, this is Carol, and I met you at the gathering last year. Oh, yes. Was that one of your classes in Seattle? I'm really excited to talk to you.
3: Oh, wonderful. What can we do for you?
6: Well, I was wondering if you can see anything coming up in the future for me as far as a significant other, Ah, and if there's any work that I need to do. I've made Mm -hmm. a lot of changes Mm -hmm. recently, positive direction in my life, and I just Want to know if there's
3: anything else that I need to do myself? Okay, Sorry. and and you know even though this isn't an exact diabetes question, it really is a diabetes question because we're talking about the solar plexus. Because you're actually talking about partnership, was which is really you know more of a heart chakra and, and second chakra experience. But when I look at you in terms of your desire for love, um, I'm looking that it's that you're still working on loving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
6: Is the solar plexus up on your chest or is that lower down? It's
3: lower down. It's right in between your rib cage. So it's that opening in the ribs. Okay. Yeah. And and anatomically, it's actually referred to as the solar plexus in in medicine. And so how are you doing in this self-love aspect?
6: Oh, there's things that I really like and there's things that I don't
3: like. Right. So what are some of the things that you don't like?
6: I don't like the physical shape that my body's in. Right.
3: Pretty much that's uh, pretty much it. And <laughs> you know, that's actually what I'm feeling when I'm around your your energy. I can feel like you're disappointed with the way your body's feeling. You want to exercise more but yet you're feeling not motivated to exercise. Is that true?
6: Yes, that's very true. Yeah. I went through very stressful times the last couple of mm-hmm. years and just ate ate the stress away and now the stress is normal and it's time to start taking care of myself right. again. Right.
3: So Donna, what, what what was it like for you when you began to exercise? How did you get yourself motivated?
2: When I began to exercise, um, you know, previous to my diagnosis, I would I did a lot of what I call fits and starts. I'd get on a big tear for about three weeks and and be at the gym every day or be out walking every day, and then I'd stop for about oh three or four months, and then I'd get on a tear again and say this time I'm getting really serious. One thing that that I can tell you specifically that helped me, especially when I wasn't in the mood to exercise, is just to force myself to go out for 10 minutes and say, if you still feel cruddy after 10 minutes and don't want to keep moving, then you've got permission to go back and hang out on the couch and watch TV. But I tell you, when your body starts warming up and gets in motion, it wants to stay in motion. And I've been using this little trick for, I'd say several years now. And only one time can I recall where after 10 minutes, I was like, I just can't do this. I've got to go back. And as it turns out, I was coming down with the cold or flu anyway. And, and my body was really trying to give me signals that I needed to rest. So so use the 10 minute rule and just do a little something. It doesn't have to be 10 miles or, or you know, riding your bike 100 miles, but find something you enjoy as simple as walking, weightlifting, whatever you enjoy if you enjoy being around friends make it a group activity and be the leader of that group and and go out and when you're not feeling like it at all just use that 10 minute rule and get your body moving for 10 minutes and and it's been shown in studies that even if you walk 10 minutes three different times during the day, that's just as effective, Mm -hmm. as effective for you as walking 30 minutes in one shot. So just get out and move a little bit. And and the more your body gets used to that, the better and more natural it's gonna feel and you will extend to 15 and 20 minutes pretty naturally over time.
5: And I think one of the things that I was impressed with as as I was working with you, one of the things that uh, I thought was great was after your diagnosis, you got walking groups together at work. You would gather people and go out for 30-minute power walks or after work, walk with folks for a little, I'm not sure if it was just lunchtime walks or after work walks, but I remember you you were the leader.
2: I just knew if I got people together, I was on the hook. I couldn't back out and not do it. So, uh, and I worked on a building, uh, or excuse me, worked in a building on the Seattle waterfront. So there was no excuse for mm-hmm. me not to get down there and, and look at the views and watch the ferry boats come in and out and get a little exercise at the same time. But, but by making it a social activity, it didn't feel like exercise. It felt like Like, I'm going to hang out with my friends and we're going to talk. And, oh, by the way, we're walking while we're doing it.
3: And, you know, one of the things I do, Carol, is um, I have a a girlfriend who is a very great athlete she's a triathlon athlete and so when I say I'm going to go for a walk with her she means business in other words she's like okay are you ready you know and and when we're going to walk we're going to walk there's no sitting down there's no resting (laughs) we just have to go for it and I totally appreciate that she does that so Carol what I'm looking at is that number one about your body type um, when you find someone who is your life partner he is going to love your body no matter what it looks like And in the meantime, I suggest that you learn to love your body no matter what it looks like, which makes it more motivated when you like... When you can fall in love with parts of your body, you want it to be happier and you're not disappointed or embarrassed or um, stressed out about how you may think you look. And that is motivation too, as well. So I still see quite a bit of time, actually, like I'm at least a year, maybe a year and a half out before you meet a person who would be a significant partner for you. And that gives you plenty of time to take good care of yourself and fall in love with you. Wow, oh,
6: yeah. I think the exercise has been a matter of, uh, Prioritizing, I do like to do it when I do it, but I've, I've uh, recently gone back to school full time, and I work, and I have a, a son. And,
3: and I know it's, it's challenging.
6: It's always oh, next week when finals are over or midterms are over, then I'll exercise, then I'll fit it in, and it's just one thing after another. So just need to make sure that that is the top priority, probably more important than most other
3: things. Well, try the 10 minutes, because I think that's a great idea to get you your body out there, because it, it, it does become addictive. Once you get used to getting your body moving, you want to keep moving. Mm-hmm.
5: And I have used Donna's 10-minute rule so many times. And it really works. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I do like to walk in the morning, but um, on many mornings... If I'm going to be honest, it is an act of will to get myself <laughs> up off the couch, <laughs> yeah, uh, and once I get good. going, it's it's great. But that's that wonderful. but uh, that ten minute rule is just key.
3: Wonderful. So thank you so much, Carol, for calling in, and we're going to go ahead and take a, another break. And if you're interested in giving us a call, what's the number, Tom?
4: There you can go ahead and give us a call at eight seven seven. One more time, if they didn't get that, that number is 877-825-8828 and that is toll free.
3: Thank you. We'll be right back.
4: Looking for a great holiday gift idea? How about a CD from Marie Cherry? Marie currently has four CDs available. The seven primary chakras. Balance your human energy system. On this CD, Marie shares her clairvoyant side of the chakra system, what the chakras look like, their emotional component, and the anatomical areas of the human body they govern. Embrace your intuition. This CD is a teaching tool intended to help you learn how to access valuable intuitive information for you and your life so that you can live the fullest, happiest possible life. Over the years, Marie has developed techniques so that she too could access this type of information when working with her clients. She has taught these techniques in classes, and now they're available for you to learn with ease and in the convenience of your own home. An Evening with Marie Manucharian and Friends. Once per month, Marie's two-hour class creates a space where like-minded people can gather to learn and share with one another in the expansion of consciousness. Her classes are recorded live and consist of individual readings as well as audience questions and contain a wealth of information. Two CDs are currently available for your enjoyment. Get to know your human energy system. Marie explains the power of energy medicine to maintain health and wellness emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Connecting to the positive field of intuition, there is an unlimited supply of whatever you want in life just waiting for you to tap into it. Through her ability to see, hear, and move energy, Marie will share the deeper awareness necessary to connect to all there is so that you may live in abundant joy, love, health, and wealth. To order any of these CDs, visit Marie's website at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671.
0: Listen live at 1150kknw.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM.
3: And we're back with the Marie Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. We are here with Donna Kay and Mary Beth Stevens, authors of The Complete Diabetes Lifestyle. This book is basically dedicated to type 2 diabetes. And when we were off um, on commercial, Donna, you and I were briefly talking about the spiritual aspect of what this, what spirituality means to you in terms of managing your type 2 diabetes. So what does that mean to
2: you? Spirituality to me really means for lack of a better term, positive energy flow and putting good stuff out into the world and allowing yourself to receive the good stuff back. So I'm a big proponent of, you know, if if you've got a grudge that you're holding or need to forgive someone, do that business. Let the negative go, because if your arms are filled with negative stuff, you can't. You don't have any room to pick up the positive stuff that's trying to come your way. So, and, 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 and again, I go back to this, I know I've said it before, surrounding yourself with positive people, finding a good healthcare team and taking the time and research it might take to do that. Uh, friends, family members, wherever you get it, Keeping those positive people around you because it's a very difficult and daunting challenge, diabetes management, as are other life challenges, to do all by yourself. And you don't have to do it alone. There are people out there who are willing and able to help you and and be willing to accept that kind of help and open minded to new ideas. And then through that you find what works best for you. Mm-hmm. And
3: so when you're interviewing a practitioner, a physician, an endocrinologist for you, are you paying attention to the energy in the room and how you're feeling? Do you you know, are you feeling special? by his or her words, or even
2: their management style. Yes, um, my feel. I am the captain, if you will, of my own healthcare team. I'm the one mm-hmm. who's in charge of my health. So, uh, when I'm interviewing healthcare practitioners, I really want to make sure that it's a it's a conversation back and forth, and that I'm being listened to, because I am always going to give that practitioner the most important clues as to what might be going on. So, are they listening to me? And also, what kind of energy do we seem to have? A good rapport. And and I just come down sometimes to a basic gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Does this person feel right for me? But my other key litmus test, and, and this is after I've been working with a practitioner for a while, is that if I owned a business and this doctor or nurse were on my payroll, which would I do? Double their salary? Or fire them. And those are my only two choices. No in between. I love it. I, I either want I either want, you know, I either love them so much, I'd be willing to double their salary, which is good. <laughs> or you know it's got it's time to get rid of them because people are deserving of the best person for them in, in guiding their own health care. but you must you also have responsibility in this. You need to know the basics about your condition. You need to come in informed and ready to ask questions and and I'm a big advocate of writing down questions before you go into the doctor's office. And you also have a role to play, not to just go in and sit and listen and do what you're told, but proactively manage the relationship in a way where you get the best outcome Absolutely. and you have a true partnership.
3: And, and so one of the ways that I know that people can do that to feel the energy in a room or between yourself and another person is to really get out of your brain, you know, get out of all the thinking and the dialogue. And, and, and if you've written down all your questions, then you don't need it to, to be so active in the brain, but to literally sit somewhere in the lower half of your body, preferably the lower abdominal area, and really be present with yourself, be in your body, feel your feet in your shoes, and then feel the energy in the room. Does it feel good? Does it feel like sunshine? Or does it feel like a really rainy day? And you're Want to go home? You know these things are really important when we're choosing practitioners that are managing our care, regardless of whatever happens to be going on in our health and and wellness in our bodies. So, Mary Beth, what what was your favorite part about helping Donna um, write this book? What was your favorite part about it?
5: Oh, there are so many wonderful things.
2: I'm curious to hear the answer to this <laughs> one. I've never asked her this.
5: <laughs> I think for me, it was the 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 true partnership aspect because i really like to get into the medical research part mm-hmm. i really like to look up studies and mm-hmm. and pubmed which is the the website where uh, scientific uh, studies are published you can go online you know pubmed.com and i'm typing in i'm looking for studies and so I like to get that kind of information and then try to put it into people speak. And I love
3: that term people speak.
5: Well, you know, doctor speak, people speak yeah, I like I that. Just yeah. I I I like that too. Thank yeah. you. Um and so I would I would work on that kind of information give it to Donna Donna would take a look at it and say mm, it's a little bit too complicated let's <laughs> let's bring it down a little bit right and then Donna would uh, write something and there was such a spirit in there there was such positive and mm-hmm. I would take a look at it and say well maybe we can expand it a little bit here maybe we can contract it a little bit here the book, as it turns out, is actually, it's just the right size. It is
3: really the right size. It's not overwhelming. It, when you, when you look at it, you're not going to go, oh, you know, great, I'm going to have to spend a good two weeks pouring through this before I can really maybe assimilate the information. It It is the perfect size. I completely agree with that.
5: And it was really a give and take. We're going to keep this. We're going to throw that this out. This is too complicated. We need to beef this up. Yeah. So it was really... Um, a melding of if you will. And there's it's it's like making a soup to me. Writing is like making a soup.
3: So so you like making soup when yeah. you write? And one of the things I love, too, is the little pop-outs in the book in terms of, like, talking about gestational diabetes and mm-hmm. how to manage your diabetes during pregnancy if you are a diabetic prior to, and then, of course, um, if indeed you become diabetic during pregnancy. So I thought that was fascinating. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, there was a physician who talked about her own experience who is a diabetic in the book. Is that correct?
2: Yes. She talked about her own experience. You know, one of my, one of my largest goals in writing this book is I wanted it to feel very conversational in tone. I didn't want you to read this book and feel like somebody was talking at you, but you were just sitting down with someone and having a conversation about it. And so the people uh, that we solicited for professional input, you know, we were very fortunate to work with folks who were also able to have a conversation. And, And the doctor that spoke about her personal experiences with pregnancy you know, not only did she have a great story to tell, but also, again, appreciating not just the physical aspects of diabetes management, but that there is a mental component, a spiritual component that you need to plan for what you're going to do. And then, and also there are situations you don't have to have control over and need to but control your reaction, mm-hmm. and uh, and she really just fell right in line with with kind of the overall guiding principles by which we were writing by, and it turned out to be um, you know one of my one of my favorite of the call out boxes.
3: Yeah, I like that one too. It was very lovely when I read the manuscript. And so one of the things about gestational diabetes, if a person gets diabetes during their pregnancy, they are at higher risk of developing type two diabetes um, as they age. Is that correct? That is
2: correct. Yeah. Yes, if you have gestational diabetes. Um, then a lot of times your blood sugar returns to normal after you've given birth. But then from that point on, you're considered at an increased risk for development of type 2 diabetes. Again, not a guarantee. It's just a risk factor. And and you manage that.
3: Right. And so really being careful with diet and exercise after you've given birth. And, of course, then, you know, making sure that that's true with your family and their needs. Yes. Right. Because it could be that those children perhaps would be at risk as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I find that fascinating. I love those pop outs. Those are very interesting. And and, and when they come out of the book, it's like you're reading about something and you get to have this nice little excerpt off to the side to give you more information and education. I find that phenomenal. So, Mary Beth, um, you really didn't answer my question. Other than you like the soup. Uh (laughs) But
5: what was your favorite part? What was my favorite part? Favorite part. I got to learn so much. Mm-hmm. It's the learning part, and that's why I like to write. Is because I I get paid to learn. It's like <laughs> I'm constantly in college. Now, college that was yeah, no term papers, no term but papers. You had plenty of
3: deadlines when it comes to writing. Yes, yeah, yeah. and you actually like deadlines.
5: I like deadlines I, know. I deadlines are my friend I I, know. I I
3: love deadlines and your first book project um was about prostate cancer
5: it was and the the story behind that one and how it relates to this one um, I had worked with a group of uh, wonderful physicians on prostate cancer. It was a question and answer book on prostate cancer twenty two physicians around the country contributed to this, and I got to work with them and and help them create this book and at the very end of the process, I was putting literally putting the last of the edits in the mail uh, back to the publisher. I put them in the mail. I looked up and said, I want to do this again. I'm having so much fun. Literally, the next day Donna calls. Oh wow, that's fantastic! <laughs> that's absolutely perfect. It might be my path, you think?
3: <laughs> well, I've told you it is. Um, you know, but <laughs> as we know, not everybody always listens to me immediately. But then, of of course, you know, um, hopefully, when people are discovering their destiny, when others offer positive advice to them and attract that really does sing to them. Like when you answered the question the second time when, when you said that you love to learn, you just beamed. You know, you got all warm, you glowed. And so that's really part of the passion for you when you're writing on your own re- you know, writing material or writing for another person or writing with them. You know, that's the part that you love is to learn. And, so, and also probably why you love the medical aspect of delivering information and people talk or people mm-hmm. speak, as you mm-hmm. said, you know, so that it's easy access
2: to information for individuals,
3: right? Mm -hmm. Good. So um, Donna, you don't live here. You said Kansas City.
2: Yes, I lived here for about 13 years, but I actually really get along well with my family who (laughs) are all located in the Midwest and it was driving me crazy. I was only seeing them a couple times a year. So about four years ago, I moved back to Kansas City and have made my home there now for the time being. Wow. Yeah.
3: And so you're here in Seattle visiting.
2: Here in Seattle visiting, um, talking to some folks about uh, type 2 diabetes, have a book signing tomorrow tomorrow night. Yes, which we're very exciting about it excited about it. it's our first official signing event and so where would that be? Event. that's actually at Santoro's Books which is in the Finney Ridge area 7216 Greenwood Avenue and uh, we're getting started there at 7.30 tomorrow night. And we're going to have food and uh, drinks. And Mary Beth and I will both be there to sign books. And we are looking for a rollicking good time tomorrow. A rollicking so, good time.
3: <laughs> so I guess we'll be getting our exercise out, you know, maybe some romping around. and, and Sure. Yeah, getting, doing some walking around in the bookstore and doing a nice talk and book signing. Nice those. talk
2: and book signing and, and having a few laughs because, you know, diabetes can be a pretty serious subject right. but i i love inviting laughter in my life and and hopefully other people can find humor in things and and let's not forget to laugh a little bit along the way.
3: Right. And and if we want to order this book we can go to amazon.com. That's correct. And it's available through there and pretty soon will be on the um complete diabetes lifestyle website
5: right? and that is www.completediabeteslifestyle.com complete diabetes lifestyle is one word <laughs>
3: <laughs> wonderful that's absolutely wonderful well it has been an, a pleasure having both of you here in the studio with me. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some upcoming shows and and then we'll say our formal goodbyes. Um, So the next several shows here on the Marie Mandatory Show, where Energy and Medicine meets, we won't have any guests. And we won't have a guest until December 8th, where at that time we're going to have Alicia Weinberg, who is actually an acupuncturist. And along with her, she does acupuncture facelifts, which is my absolute favorite. Um, I get them done every couple of weeks. They are so much fun. In fact, my whole body gets to have this acupuncture facelift. Um, Even though most of the needles are in my face. (laughs) And along with Martha, whose name escapes me, do you remember that name, Tom, that I told you the last name?
4: Oh, God. It's on the tip of my tongue. It starts with a D.
3: Oh, I'm so sorry, Martha. I, I, I know we're going to talk about it next time um, when we're on the air. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, but for some reason I have failed to find my piece of paper. But Martha created, she's a co-creator of Spirit of Beauty products. They are home products made out of herbs and flower essences. I absolutely love them. I just kind of um, drench my face with them <laughs> twice a day. They're amazing. And so uh, um, along with Alicia's acupuncture, um, wonderful results are of can happen to a person's face in terms of collagen being restored and, and fine lines and wrinkles fading and disappearing and allowing a person to have a more youthful appearance, not to mention really beautiful, healthy pores and skin. In fact, a couple of times over the last um, few weeks, I've n- negated to put on my makeup before I get, got into the car because I tend to run late towards um, to, to events sometimes. And I'm thinking I'm going to put my makeup on in the car and then I haven't had my makeup with me. And you know what? I just showed up very confident, looking fresh and lovely thanks to these products and the acupuncture I've been receiving lately. So that'll be on um, December 8th here in the studio. We'll be interviewing both of these lovely women.
4: And it's Martha Bouldain.
3: Martha Bouldain. Bouldain. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Tom. And then on December 20th, we're We're going to have Zora Pacio, who is a nurse practitioner and the owner of um, the Woodenville Women's Healthcare Clinic. And she will be here talking about women's health issues and holistic approaches to hormones and balancing and, and all of that good stuff. So thank you so much, um, Donna and Mary Beth, for being in the studio this evening and talking to us about this beautiful new book. Congratulations. It's lovely. I'm grateful that you are here to talk about it. And I wish you all a wonderful Thanksgiving, because um, I'm not sure when I'll see you again. And thank you to our callers and people listening on the airways. And I will be Be back um, next Thursday at the same time, taking your phone calls and answering your questions. And you can hear a repeat of this show at noon um, next Thursday between noon and one. Thank you so much and great health and happiness to all of you.
0: Expressed on the preceding program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KWJZ 98.9 FM, Digital HD3, Seattle.